Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. If you are a Patreon, thank you for supporting us. You'll notice we are in a different locale. Well, where we film the news to watch this week. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. We were, well, we've, we've had a... We've had air conditioning men around next door. The worst superheroes ever. They they turned up halfway through triple jump shoot and it was like, he's come back in a bit. And they were like, yeah, we'll sort everything else out. And then they, they sort of come back too quick. So we're in the juggling room. The juggling room. Do you know why it's called the juggling room? Because you learn to juggle here. I learned nothing to- bad happens. <laughs> I I did a stream where I learned to juggle in here and it just kind of became the juggling room. That's my legacy here. (laughs) The juggling room. If I die, I want a blue plaque that says the juggling room. Yeah, we'll not be able to get an official one, but we'll get one made up. Yeah, I I don't mind it being unofficial. Yeah. That'd be fine. We'll try and sneak it into the registry, but you know. The other thing that's different, we've turned the heating on. Yeah, I can feel a little bit of heat coming through because this room gets very, very, very cold very, very, very quickly. The autumn is here, so the (coughs) fall is here. May have had my heating on like three times in the last two days. I can already feel my phone just going like, using too much gas. (laughs) You're too poor for this. Does your phone tell you? Does your phone tell you? Yeah, my my smart meter hooks up to an app. Mm. So it buzzes now if I'm using too much. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Who do you think? <laughs> just go, all right, Richie, Rich, calm down. Just, just freeze, you fuck. That's all it says. <laughs> freeze, you poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, apart from it being cold, we are here to warm your souls with nostalgic professional wrestling from the WCW Nitro back, era. Back from when it was good, lads. When it was good. When it was good. I'd be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, with resident WCW kid. Sam Driver, welcome in. Here we go once again with the Renegade Master. Uh, A week tomorrow. Bloody hell, it's a week tomorrow. Impact Wrestling Turning Point in Newcastle. I know, it's wild, isn't it? What a time to be alive. I I don't feel ready. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, you've got got a really big task ahead of you, man. Thanks! Some big shoes to step into. (laughs) Thanks! Don't step out the curtain and immediately fall over on your face in front of a global audience. Thanks! Yeah. I won't. Don't accidentally put your foot in it and, and, and I don't know. Insult, Call Jordan Grace, Jonathan Grace. Insult, insult the whole company. <laughs> you know, as you want to do, Tom. Everybody knows that that's what you do. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> no, you're going to have happen. a great time. 
I am buzzing. Like, an absolute whale of a time. So, I mean, I'm, I'm buzzing for you. I hope that it goes flawlessly. Thanks. Uh, and I hope that you see all of the delicious sights of places like Coventry and Newcastle upon Tyne. There's <laughs> uh, a lot to see out there. I'm excited to see Coventry. It'll be nice when it's finished. It's very finished. grey. It's a very grey place. That's all I remember. I've only ever been there once. It's just, Big Ikea. Yes, there is a big Ikea yeah. in Cov. It's I a, think it's an a, ice arena as well. There was an ice arena. I don't, yeah. There might still be one. There might still be one. It was the home of the Sky Dome. Nice. Mm. And it's West Midlands, so it's sort of back home. Yeah, kinda. it's technically hometown pop. So Tom's going to lose uh, <laughs> in his match that night. <laughs> I'm losing when you watch Impact at uh, Coventry. Night one sold out at time recording. Night two, still some tickets left. Come say hi. Anyway, I should be plugging Impact. We should be plugging WCW. We should be in September the 9th, 1996. What do you mean should be? We are, Tom. What is Impact Wrestling? There's only two companies I care about, and that's uh, WCW and NWO. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are at that point now where the NWO is genuinely being considered a uh, the, the second wrestling promotion to WWF by some the panda writers. People. The panda people. That's it, the panda yeah. people. The panda pop people. Yeah, and then you've got like Eastern Conference women's and then brackets football, basketball. <laughs> that's the ECW side of it. <laughs> Eastern Conference women's. They, yeah, it's like so the ECW people keep chatting. I don't understand. <laughs> WWF, I'm all for saving pandas as well. But WCW is where it's at. That's where the big boys play. Yeah. The, the adjective. They really, really, really play, as you'll see later on. And, oh my gosh, they certainly do. But we are going to give you a quick overview of the world at large. In the boring old bloody real world, uh, number one UK movie is Independence Day still. Still. You know. Which, I mean, isn't, isn't surprising. It was a hell of a film. It was there for ages, though. Uh, number one US movie is Bulletproof. Nice. It's a buddy cop action com star, uh, directed by Ernest Dickinson, starring Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler. Beautiful. Panned by critics, grossed 22 million worldwide, so it wasn't too bad. How, how many times do you think you can read through Adam Sandler's filmography and it's followed by panned, panned by critically? <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, he can still go, right? Like, Uncut Gems shows that he's still got all of that in there. He's just having a whale of a time making films with his mates, isn't he? He's just having For, a nice like an unlimited day. contract or whatever stupid deal it was Sony gave him. He's just, he just, you know what? Fair play. You keep on keeping on, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Who are we to tell you? Otherwise? Little Nicky was class. Uh, Want to be number one in the UK charts? Macarena number one in the US charts. So that's not changed either. No movement there. Here's something. Right on the Saturday before this episode of Nitro. Sega World London opened as part of London Trocadero. <sighs> I never got to go. I never oh. got to go. I heard from people that did go that it was shit. <laughs> that it was genuinely shit. But at the same time, I think they're just sparing my feelings. I No, no, no. Because all that exists now of it are like 200 by 200 pixel stills. And it's like... They're, they're, they were right. It was a shit launch. It didn't yeah. go as planned. There were positive comments made uh, towards the park's large rocket escalator. Mm -hmm. uh, most coin-op arcade machines and the VR1 attraction were also well-received. However, They didn't use Sega dollars, but they made you buy <laughs> Sega dollars on your way into Sega World, but everything took sterling. <laughs> if only. Disney World-level behavior. It wasn't, it wasn't without its problems. Common ones included overly long queues, despite Sega stating that there would be no queues, uh, overpriced entry fees, uh, a lack of enthusiasm for the future active attractions on offer. Uh, several reviewers noted that one ride, the Beast in Darkness, was just a haunted house or a ghost train. Uh, nor did it utilize any of Sega's portfolio of IP, despite the heavy use of Sonic the Hedgehog 
uh, in the uh, in the press leading up to it. It was like a very non sagery thing. Look, history's written by the victors, right? Okay. <laughs> and we know that this is bullshit, Tom. Read out the issues again, one by one. Okay. Let's rattle off why. Why that Nintendo was spreading lies and misinformation. Overly was there a Nintendo world? No, there's only one now, isn't there? <laughs> and oh, it's got all sorts of exciting rides and shit. <laughs> While Sega was first. Overly long queue lines. Which Sega can't help. You know, they were very in demand. They were the best games company ever. They did what Nintendo <laughs> Overpriced entry fees. Well, you know, if you bought more Mega Drives, we'd maybe have Dreamcast 4 by this point. So this is, again, all on you. <laughs> uh, Beast in Darkness being little more than a haunted house slash ghost train with no interactivity. What the fuck's the problem with that? <laughs> I've done one of those at, like, Disneyland. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's... Yeah, but it's Disneyland! <laughs> it's a ride. You don't have to go on it. If, if you, you want to queue for Streets of Rage, Disneyland, queue for Streets of Rage. If you paid Disneyland prices to get into the fucking Trocadero, you'd be furious. I've paid Disneyland prices to get to Disneyland and I've still got to buy everything once I'm in there. <laughs> uh, distinct lack of using Sega's portfolio of popular IP, despite the heavy use of Sonic the Hedgehog as a mascot. What more do you need? I want a Sonic the Hedgehog. Right, Sonic's in there, right? What do you want, Mr. Golden Axe Man? Do you remember his name? I don't. I want. I I'm want. Golden Axe. Like <laughs> I think his name was just Leonard. Muscly bloke there with an axe. Like, oh yeah, that's what I came for. I came for the Golden Axe man. Leonard Axe. You came for Sonic and fucking Tails and Knuckles, lads, and maybe Columns. There should have been a few Columns around. That was a banging game. I don't have a bad word said about Columns. <laughs> there was like a car park service. It was outrun. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy trashes your car on the street outside the Trocadero. The restaurant bit where you sit down to eat your food and then a little gnome turns up and just starts nicking <laughs> it all and putting it in a security, bag. Security's just dressed like virtual fighter characters and there's just a big balcony they kick you off. <laughs> and an announcer just going, ring out whenever you're asked to leave. I was being a dick near the columns of Jeffrey threw me out of the truck of the hero. <laughs> that would have been fucking amazing. Exactly. That should have been what it was. But if people had just bought more Sega consoles, maybe we would have had that. Maybe, baby. Maybe if you didn't put it in the Trocadero as well. Stick, stick it up the Trocadero, you cowards. <laughs> Absolute cowards. Stick that up your Trocadero. <laughs> Due to the poor reviews, the mismanaged crowd control, and general state of disappointment over what it was initially promised by Sega, the opening of Sega World London was largely regarded as a PR disaster. You know what they should have done? Just bought the rights to Metroland. Oh. Got ready-made rides all in there. Just paint them blue, or paint like the roller coaster, like Sonic shoes or whatever. I mean, brilliant. You're laughing. Metroland was the theme park inside the Metro Center shopping center. Search here even in, in Northeast. Search even in Chronicle Metroland Gallery, and you will. You just have your brain blown. Just I love that. absolutely miles wide. Mum, going shopping. I'm going to go to theme park for a bit. Yeah, great. And then there was the big slide place behind it. Yeah. Amazing. That's what they should have done. Uh, the night before Nitro, we had the Emmy Awards. Uh, congratulations to Frasier that won Outstanding Comedy Series. Lovely which stuff. Which is appropriate since the new series has now landed. It's back, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I've not watched any of it yet. I've watched it. It's really I'm kind of apprehensive. Don't worry about it. Is it really good in the way that you kind of go, oh, it's really good? Or nah, is it really good? It felt like putting a, wrapping yourself in a nice warm blanket. It felt like Frasier of old. Okay. It was it was written like Frasier Was it of like old. Star Wars 7, like it was written like Star Wars of old because it was just the same film with character name switches? No, new characters, um, but in terms of the way that it was shot, the way that it was yeah. written, it felt like an old Frasier episode. How much dog? No dog. 
Zero dog. I'm not watching it then. Stick <laughs> up your ass, Kelsey Grammer. Zero dog. Be, you know. Telling me you can't find an identical dog and just pretend he's lived for 40 years or something. <laughs> the dog just keeps living. Fuck's sake. Sadly, no dog. Um, the day after Nitro, yeah. Hey Arnold debuts in the UK. Football head. That's Foot. all I remember from yeah, that. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> and the creepy granddad <laughs> with the dick face. Hey, short man. <laughs> I'm a creeper grand. Yes, because he was he was the story of Arnold Shortman, who lived with his nan and granddad in a boarding house because his yeah. mum and dad died as they were adventurers who went exploring. They were explorers and they died, as we find out decades later. But the uh, but the ep- but the the show itself focuses on life in urban in, in in urban America with Hey Arnold, Arnold and his mates dealing with problems uh, that you face when you're a kid at secondary school. Ah, oh, it's a great series. It's great, yeah. Hey Arnold. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk that. Hey Arnold landed on this particular day, which is nice. <laughs> Loads of other stuff to say about it. Uh, also, uh, this week we, in the UK, we saw the final episode ever of Beatles About. Which, I mean, it's pretty like monolithic. Mm. I remember watching that show as a little kid. Like I remember like loving that show as well. Especially with all the gotcha stuff. Yeah. So if you didn't know, Beatles About was, uh, it, it predates all YouTube prank channels ever, where they'd set somebody up in a horrible situation, like someone's crashed their car or... Yeah, they the, just, it's a prank, bro. It's a prank, bro. But It was, be- it was punked. It was, it was punk, yeah. Jeremy Beadle in different costumes, and he did always come up right at the end, like dressed as a policeman, see what the crack is. And then this guy's going like, he's fucking set my car on fire. I want to fucking call the police. Oh, yeah, I have a policeman. He's got a... And then he'd take off his mask and stuff. And go, oh, it's Jeremy Beadle. And he, oh. he'd push that person over and look in the camera and go, watch out, Beadle's about. <laughs> and then he'd sink back into like the ether. From Sam's sentence He would there. just, like, do this behind, like, no matter what. He'd just <laughs> pretend he was sinking into the floor. And just... If you've never seen Beatles about, from what... Bye, Sam. From what you... From if you've never seen it, from what Sam just said, the middle bit was right, the beginning and the end of the sentence wasn't. <laughs> he did say, watch out, Beatles about. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he did just sink into it the wasn't... ground after... <laughs> What did he give them? Because the gotcha was Noel, Fucking right? Bollocking. Noel, was it Noel who had the gotchas? Noel had gotchas. Yeah. I think you went on the show and you were like, was that funny? And they go, oh yeah, you could trash my car, I swear mate. I remember him having like a trophy of some I'm kind. I'm sure they got a trophy. Like I don't a, think it was a gotcha. That's for being a good spirit, even though you look like a massive twat on national telly. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting angry. Fucking scratched your paint, mate. Throws up a bald up 500 pounds at him. <laughs> Dirty five pound notes <laughs> spits in his face and pushes him over, <laughs> or he gives him five hundred, but all in single pound notes, and the banks have stopped exchanging them. It's just <laughs> yeah. my dog was in the boot. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off. Uh, Beatles about ends this week uh, in the world of wrestling. Sam, I'm sorry to report the NWO is dead. I'm sorry to tell you it has died. Do you know why? Why? Because Diesel and Razor Ramon are going back to the WWF. That's I mean, what they're saying it, on the WWF. It makes sense. Look, Vince has got some deep pockets. Mm. Vince is also the person who got wrestling out of those shady little bingo halls and into the big, big leagues of, you know, the um, Manhattan. Um, what do you call it? The Manhattan Center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, 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 
He's somebody to be feared and respected. So no wonder seven foot tall Kevin Nash and six eight Scott Hall feel like they need to just, you know, get on their hands and knees and grovel. Yeah, and they did because Jim Ross announced on WWF television that Diesel and Razor Ramona are returning to the WWF. Something that surprised everyone, including Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Pack it up, Eric. They're going, <laughs> whether they want to or not. The thing is, we live in such heightened times of paranoia yeah. that Barrett Bischoff went up to Nash and Hall in the days that followed this and went, seriously, what's going on? And they're like, we're not going anywhere. I don't know why they're saying that. And Bish, and the rumor goes that, that doesn't Bischoff, fucking sound like them. It was that if it was actually the truth, it would have been. It would have been. How much money uh, would you give us there, Eric, mm. to get us to stay? <laughs> and that's <laughs> end, that ends on what's happened. So because we, <laughs> if room, if if memory serves, they end up getting a pay bump because yeah, of it. Because because of that. Bishop isn't quite sure. <laughs> Uh, this would turn out to be not Kevin Nash and Scott Hall turning up in the WWF. This would be Glenn Jacobs and Rick Bogner, Bogner. playing Diesel and D Diesel and Razor Ramon. Fake Diesel, fake Razor. It's one of the most derided moments in modern wrestling history, and I feel rightly so. It was petty, oh, right? God, like yeah. people know who the fuck Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are or were, right? They know they're at the other side. There's no point going, yes, but we own the gimmicks, because who gives a fuck? <laughs> if it's somebody in a mask with no tattoos and you can find somebody who can wrestle exactly the same, they'll do it. But, wait, look at Sin Cara. Uh, but if, 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 if it's somebody who, you know, their face is out there, their mannerisms are all there, and they're across on the other channel and you bring in two other people and go, we still own the characters. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's the 90s, man. <laughs> Vince is of the belief that I can like, see this shit flying in the seventies. Like, yeah. okay, no, I'm the new patriot or whatever. Like, but nah, like Vince is a part of Vince that genuinely thought no, Diesel and Razor Ramon are the draws, not Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. I hope so this let's was make a new ones. I hope this was a humbling moment for him. I think it was. It was a yeah, teachable well, moment. Well, Jr. had the Jr. had the short end of the stick, having to kind of stand there and be like, yeah. And yeah. be the company man, and that—that's got to have been annoying. He—they—they they did say it says in the Observer that there was like a backup plan, which would see Jim Ross become a heel manager of them both if it doesn't go to plan. Yeah. So there was genuinely a school of thought that people would like welcome this with open arms. Oh Yay, my god! They're, they're working for both companies somehow. <laughs> Fuck. Some Hulk Hogan news. He had a bit of a scare. Uh, bit, just before this nitro. A bit of a scare. He was on his jet ski riding around with his six-year-old son, Nicholas Balea, right. tied to the back in an inner tube. There was a serious accident. Nicola, Nicholas crashed into pilings. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The extent of the injuries were that Nicholas suffered a concussion and needed stitches in his head and his arm. He was put in a sling, but overall, he's going to be fine. Uh, Hogan still showed up for nitro the next day because he felt it was important to be part of the last angle before the pay-per-view. So, well, I mean, fair play to it. Yeah, 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 and it all worked out fine. Also, his home, the one that the giant visited, uh, is up for sale for $1.5 million. Nice. Well, it was good of him to show the giant round and be like, you want to buy it. So when he said, I went around Hogan's home, was it... Was it, it was uh, just an open house. Just an open yeah. house. Ted took him to an open house and was like, this could all be yours. And then they find out how little money he's making. They're like, well, we have to bump that up. Let's get him on the NWO payroll. <laughs> Just mean and Ted Fibiotti's a real estate agent. Yeah, Is maybe. that the gimmick? I mean, he's rich, right? Mm -hmm. And sort of a prerequisite of real estate is you've got to have a lot of money. That's very true. Yeah. Maybe that's how he did it. Maybe it wasn't all of the recent rumors, hearsay, innuendo, and legal cases. 
That might be it. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Off to Nitro. Here we go. Monday, September the 9th, 1996. It is the go-home show for Fall Brawl War Games, which we're going to watch next week. Retro reaction style Yeah. Always fun. Yeah. We get booze to start Nitro tonight. Who's upset the crowd? They were booing very heavily. Did you notice? You'll find out who upset the crowd <laughs> as we go on through the evening. Spooty Pyro and fire from the buckles today. Like fire, ring ring post fire. They think Glenn Jacobs is WWF tied. Uh, is it think again? <laughs> is this a little shot across the bow? Uh, Tony and Larry get us started. Larry is wearing a suit jacket that he looks like he's borrowed. Uh, they've confirmed that Ted DiBiase is indeed the paymaster for the NWO, in case there was any doubt or ambiguity last week. Uh, recap of last week's show and the Giants betrayal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. Giants! Oh my god, guys, the Giants gone bad. <laughs> yeah, he was left out in the sun too long. That's the general tone of most of the commentary for the second half of the evening. It's oh, just, it gets bad. Oh, and, and there's a there's there's a clothesline. Oh, into a spine buster for the win. Congratulations. There's a reason for it, which we will touch on. The fourth man for the NWO at War Games won't be the Giant, though. Another member is being revealed. No, it's Ted. Ted's, Ted's getting, his, Ted's getting in. Get his pants back on. Ted's getting back in the cage. Oh, what a dream. Uh, the opening match tonight is Pat Tanaka without a mask taking on Super Calo. Uh, they've roped in Mike Tanay because Mexican wrestling. Yes. Now, I thought, stupidly, Sam, for the first 30 seconds, how is Super Calo's sunglasses staying on? It's all stitched in, right? It's his mask. It's it? far <laughs> his mask. Fucking dickhead here went, how is he my horizontal? He's doing there? flips. Hold on a down. second. He got on? punched in the face. I put in my notes and Sam can attest to it. He just pulled him up by I his glasses. Pulled, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> As they say in my notes. Uh, lovely somersault plunger by Callow. Nearly breaks his shins on the guardrail in the process. And then fuck this, we'll cut to outside. There's some kids with NWO pizzas or boxes of something. <laughs> I thought they were pizzas. <laughs> There's a bunch of scrawny-looking lads uh, in NWO t-shirts. Trainees of the future, I think you'll find. Oh, are they? Probably. Oh, yeah. You're, that's yeah, that's Bill Goldberg there. Turns out it's Goldberg, <laughs> John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Trinity Fartu, weirdly. Um, they've all got flyers. They're boxes full of flyers, and they're entering the venue with, with reckless abandon. More on that in a minute. Uh, lovely Hurricane Rana powerbomb countered by Pat Tanaka. Uh, but Callow turns a super waist lock suplex from the top rope into a, what looked like, I don't know whether you agree, a fucking avalanche tombstone. Yeah, it was it was kind of awkward, but it came off as a tombstone. It yeah. Was, it was very odd. Yeah. It was like an avalanche tombstone. It was like a weight shift that landed just that way. Yeah. yeah. It was short, but it was sweet. But I in nice showcase for Super Callow because he's in action at the pay per view. Yeah, quickly get him out there for a quick match. And there you go. Hey. Mm. It was all right. <laughs> it was just fine. Yeah. Backstage we go mean gene is chatting to rick steiner about the non-match they had last week it was so last week we had the steiners versus stang and leg luger but the, from the first lockup leg accidentally knocks into nick patrick and nick calls the dq yeah and gets chased out of the building because he's right to do it because he can't treat a referee like that tom <laughs> fucks with all these questions and accusations i'm just doing my job says I nick patrick I knew you were a Nick guy. Damn right. I am. You're a Nick Knight. <laughs> I knew you were. 
Uh, Rick says, I had Lex Luger. I could have beat him based on the lockup from the opening of the match. Rick was really funny here. He was a bit petulant, which I thought yeah. suited him. He was like, I beat him. Gene, I had him beat, as you saw. My script just says, I can be you. I, I can be legs. I can be you, legs. That's basically all he shouts That's over a- and over again. Lex Luger interrupts Rick Steiner. Uh, Rick, as you say, is I can be you, leg. Uh, Lex says he's focused on war games, but they will have a match tonight. Uh, Rick Steiner points out that Sting is not there. Yeah, where the fuck's Sting? Where the fuck? Where this is, is This is WCW. Hogan's in and around the place. So where the fuck's Sting? Yeah. Flair's here. Where the fuck's Sting? Where is Sting? I've usually seen Sting seven times already today, twice at the gym, three times at Waffle House, and however many are left anywhere else. He's having a big shit before the show. Usually, yeah, they hold hands. There's a hole. There's a hole. They call it a glory hole. (laughs) And they they put their hands through it, and they hold hands, and they have a number four. (laughs) What the fuck is a number four? It's two number twos happening simultaneously. (laughs) They're allowed to hold hands. <laughs> like one big pooping machine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we're sticking. He Rick didn't just turn up. Rick just sat with his hands. He didn't turn up for our weekly number four. <laughs> we have a, we have a, we have a number four every week. We're sting. <laughs> Fuck knows who I had a number four with. <laughs> It was a partition. I couldn't tell. Some dude just kept handing me big, big rolls of pepperoni. <laughs> he dropped it and went, that's a spicy pizza. <laughs> don't know who it was. <laughs> anyway, where's Stang? He wasn't having a number that's, two or a number the four. Story of the night. No number four. <laughs> <laughs> number four. In all my life, never heard of a number four <laughs> until this very day. 39 years in. Ugh. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Buy the shirt! Screams Kevin Nash uh, as they advertise the new NWO t-shirt now for sale. These fucking indie t-shirt feds need to <laughs> calm their shit down, I'm telling you. Uh, Just, pro- I mean, buy a shirt, so what? So you can so you can go back to WWF, lads? Nah, mm. not doing that. Is this funding not with the news d- this week. I pay for my Observer, and I, I believe every word of it. <laughs> funding my bus fare back to the WWF. Exactly. <laughs> All proceeds go to the Ric Flair Retirement Fund. <laughs> Which, I mean, it, it's it's got to be up to some size now. If every NWO <laughs> shirt ever sold had, say, 10% of proceeds go to Ric Flair's Retirement Fund from 1996 to 2022... You're talking millions of dollars. He should have retired it yeah. ago. Yeah. That covers half his alimony. No, he doesn't need to retire. He'll just wait for them to legalize like acid and then it'll be like, woo, Ric Flair tabs. <laughs> and yeah, it'll be his face all over a, a blotter. The NWO shirts will become one of the biggest pieces of wrestling merchandise of all time. And that journey for them begins here. Bigger uh, than Austin 316. Does it? You heard it here first. <laughs> What's Austin 316? Exactly. He should still be in. He should be with Ted, to be honest. Locking in the million dollar dream, getting his pennies from Eric for being a shit wrestler. <laughs> That's what he should have. He ain't no Goldberg, I'll tell you that much. How many people did Austin ever beat? <laughs> eh? Eh? Hundreds. Didn't beat them hundreds in a row, did he? 
I like this sound this week. Like fucking <laughs> absolutely stapled your flag to the mast. <laughs> I'm a WCW kid. You could all get to fuck. What's funny is there are AEW and WWE fans who are like this on non-ironic. Oh yeah, this is I'd be I'd be quite ironic, but it's it's funny. It, it gets very tiring. Uh, there's a reason I don't really talk about wrestling much online anymore. Yeah, it's kind of it. It's sort of you know it gets it gets exhausting having You're to deal with. So you like this, which means you can't like that, and it's like oh no, I I like both. Well, you can't. You got to pick a side. Well, I don't really you know, want to base my entire personality on uh, which two of the billionaires, <laughs> B, with a B, billionaires uh, are better for us because they're both just as rich as each other. They don't need any more, like, army support. There doesn't need to be any stand-up for WWE shit going on either side anymore. It's, it's come on. I think people forget that sometimes I like AEW or I like WWE is not a personality trait. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I Sorry, think that's, that's, but it is. But it, people get like that about a lot of stuff these days. Yeah. It's like Marvel films and stuff, and I'll slag off a Marvel film, and then you'll have people going like, well, do you even know anything? And it's like, oh, let me introduce you to my bookshelf full of fucking 30 years of comics. I know a lot more than you to my bookshelf, and then you drop the bookshelf <laughs> on them. fucking slam it on the fuckers. But it's it's like, you know, just because I don't like X, Y, or Z doesn't mean that I don't like the overall thing or that I'm not allowed to like another thing. Mm. But when it's WWF versus WCW, WWF can get fucked. <laughs> I'm just going to tattoo it across my forehead. <laughs> not use the logo. Be respectful. Respect their copyright. <laughs> just have WWF can get fucked. <laughs> Don't walk past the wildlife fund. That's all I'm going to do crying. is hang around the wildlife fund. <laughs> Very threateningly. Start wearing like biker clothes and just like looking at them and have like a long, like sawn off shotgun sized tube in my pants. So it looks like I'm packing <laughs> and so have the handle uh, and basically just kind of threaten them into, to, to, you know, being better to pandas. And then they actually finally come up to me and they're like, well, what's your fucking problem with us? Like, oh, not you. No, I hang out here all the time. So I love you guys. <laughs> It's the World Wrestling Federation. I hope get you fucked. get fucked. <laughs> I hope you have sex. <laughs> That's polite. And I've got a massive erection, as you can see. Because I love... Unzipping. It's just, a, it's just like a fucking three-foot-long dildo, not a shotgun. <laughs> see, I love you guys. I'm getting arrested oh. either way, aren't I? Yes, yeah. I am. Right, you know when... Uh, slight gear change... When you're watching a TV show with a mate or a partner or a family member. Yeah. And you come home one day and they've watched like an episode without you. Yep. Like, and that guttural feeling you have in your guts where you're like, hang on, that was our thing. That's, Why are you watching without that's me? That's get on right move time is what that is. That is, isn't it? Yeah. It's fucking livid, right? Glacier fucking debuted on WCW Pro. I think that tells you everything you need to know about Glacier. Cunt. It's uh, just, just flat. He de who debuts on WCW Pro? We, but no, I'm annoyed. Because we've spent doing? weeks, months. We're covering Nitro, lads. I know that you're all the way back in 1996, but could you have at least just had the fucking dignity? If you're going to put him on telly, put him on fucking Nitro. That's your show. That's your show. He's a draw, right? And he's the one that's going to turn the tide. But because you debut him on Pro, it fucks the entire thing. Yeah. What people want in 1996 is karate kicks in their wrestling. They want freeze rays, and they want for, like snow to happen inside. How can that happen? Oh, it's crazy. He's magical. 
So we found this out because they did a little thing going, well, if you watched WWE Pro, you would have seen the debut of Glacier. And I was like, what the fuck? Why would you want to see him on here? Stood there in the ring while it's snowing. Fighting nobody. And then posing. I... It's all right, Sam. Because I will not be denied my Glacier match. So yeah. I went and found the match. Okay. So I it was so Glacier's WCW Pro debut is actually on YouTube. Yeah. It was filmed on a potato, so good luck with that. But okay. I watched it. So Glacier's debut on Pro was against the Gambler, aka Jeffrey Gann. We got an elaborate entrance with blue oh, gambler spelt gambler. No, the spelt was in like to gamble. Oh, that's shit. That'd have been that'd have been brilliant. We got an elaborate entrance, blue spotlights, Mortal Kombat music, da ding da ding da ding da ding da ding. Fake snow falling from the sea. Like he's fucking blue. He does a bunch of M more combat taunts at the start. The yeah. whole match takes place under the blue spotlight. Sinkara. Mm. I think we know who's behind this get up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the match is several arm drags, some big karate kicks, and a somersault elbow. All the kung fu stuff he does really well. And then he wins with a power bomb and a single leg missile drop kick. Like Rob Van Dam's one foot drop kick is his finish. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. But I was annoyed that it wasn't on Nitro. What are you doing? You was coward? was the advertisement at least spot on? Was Glacier coming? He was ever. <laughs> I didn't see him come at all. I saw him win a match and arrive. And does it instantly freeze when he does? <laughs> does it turn into a projectile of sorts? Just a series of just like long white poles. Yeah, just just smashing somebody in the face. <laughs> My freeze dried gametes. <laughs> You're welcome, kids. <laughs> the trick is to really train those Kegel muscles. <laughs> so I've been in Tibet for six months with the monks. The show's probably just kicking him up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're going to get... Such taking it. <laughs> just judging by Thank the you. thumbnail, judging by the thumbnail, we are going to get gla a Glacier match on Nitro after Fall Brawl. There's no point. You know, I want to see the first Glacier match. I don't want that to be on pro. Fucking you should have had the foresight to know you were going to go out of business, that this was all going to go sideways, that the WWE Network would be a thing, that we would be a thing, and that we would be doing a podcast specifically about Nitro. But now, you can kiss any more of my hard-earned pennies goodbye, Mr. Bischoff. I don't I'm get it. I'm not paying for any more books. I'm not paying for any more ad-free shows. I'm not doing it. You should have had the foresight. I don't get why. You do this for months and then without any prompting, have him debut on the lowest rated show that you do with no fanfare. Do you think it... Like, no, no warning, rather. There was plenty of, plenty of fucking fanfare. But it is going to no do... No warning. It is going to do two things, right? It's going to get a lot of eyes on that product if it was pre-announced. So if it was pre-announced that Glacier was going to be on pro, people would actually tune into it. Yeah. Uh, at the same time... Do you think it could be because they've seen it in action now and they're kind of going, ah, we've bitten off a bit more than we could chew here? See, See how it goes on pro and then let's make any adjustments before Nitro. That's a very, very yeah. clever thought. That's Yeah, I'll give you that. That's probably what it is, isn't it? And that's why we don't ever see him do the Glacier is coming finish on Nitro. <laughs> it didn't go over well with the pro crowd. <laughs> Booed out the building, weirdly. <laughs> Um, up next, tag team action. It's the Nasty Boys facing the amazing French Canadians. 
AKA Woo! former WWF Woo! tag team champions, Woo! the Quebecers. Yeah, we got Jacques Rougeau and we've got uh, Pierre, so Carl, Pierre Carl Willette. The Mountie and PCO. Yeah, so we got a zombie and a Mountie. Oh, fucking amazing. Why couldn't they have been the fabulous Rougeaus? What's going on? Yeah, why not call them that? I mean, Has Raymond retired by this the point? The fabulous Rougeau and Carl Ouellette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. He's Ray Rougeau. The fabulous Rougelettes. Rouge, rouge <laughs> Rougelettes. Rougelettes. The, the Russian roulettes. roulettes. No, not the, the Russian roulettes. <laughs> and then, but we do, we, we make them uh, Russian, just normal Russian like citizens. They just wrestle in like normal street clothes, but they really, really, really like roulette. <laughs> That's the whole gimmick. We like roulette! <laughs> and they only eat roulette and roulade based foods. <laughs> so things that are red and black and or rolled around themselves. <laughs> What's for tea? Salmon we... roulade again. Fuck, they don't got anything else. Well, that's, right. a, that's a ready-made few with Jim Duggaroni pizza. <laughs> yeah. Because they're going to try and pizza. get in and make pizza, pizza swirls, mm. but the world just ain't ready for pizza swirls yet. No. That'll be, many, that'll be several years later. Yeah. Pizza swirls. <laughs> you bastards. Bye. What do you think gives PCO the power to keep coming back to life after getting like electrocuted by his, uh, <laughs> his handler, after getting set on fire? It's pizza swirls. Pizza own. <laughs> The, the magic of Jim Duggaroni pizza. Fast, fast forwarding to 2023. Obviously, um, Pierre Cartoulet uh, wraps up his time with Impact this week. I uh, believe the last... Uh, so, like, his contract ends at the end yeah. of this week with Impact. He's off to do other things. Impact Wrestling is a promotion that has famously, literally killed off wrestlers. Oh, yeah. How yeah. the fuck are you going to kill off PCO? He's been know. hit by a car. He's been electrocuted. He's been fed brake fluid. He's been set on fire. <laughs> How do you? He's been buried alive. How do you kill off PCO in a in a dramatic fashion that's not already been? Maybe done? they maybe they have to nuke him. Jack the Jobber on news said they blow him up. Yeah, maybe they blow him up. Like he's just walking to the ring, and then it cuts, and there's a very clear like mannequin, and it, <laughs> it'd be really funny. Body parts just everywhere. Yeah, and then he cuts to him rolling around on the floor, going ah, oh, with all of his body parts still intact. That'd be brilliant. And then he kind of just flops. <laughs> yeah. Or don't or have, extend his contract so he comes to Newcastle, does the Walker <laughs> Dome, and then we see a video of him going into Trillions and he never comes back out he could again. He could climb up the inside of the Walker Dome and do a massive dive off the top. <laughs> like a lucha cage. Yeah. That'd be nice because the Walker Dome, obviously it's dome shaped. It's got like a like MSG style yeah. look to it. He's better as well. Better than MSG. It is better than MSG. Cheryl Cole's from nearby. She is from nearby. Yeah. Do you think she might come along? Probably not, mate. She, She's probably living in LA now and, <laughs> you know, rich and happy. <laughs> She's not in Walker anymore, then. Sorry, Walker. <laughs> There's a, I don't know if it's still there, but the Heaton Road uh, Chinese takeout um, used to have a picture of her and Simon Cowell like emerging from there with bags full of takeout because <laughs> they weren't there because it was her favorite Chinese takeout in, in Newcastle or oh. and it was like just this weather worn like laminated it was amazing <laughs> that's uh, and just her like with <laughs> like trying to run into a car handfuls of Chinese well done uh, Jacques takes the mic doesn't work for a bit which is always hilarious and then it does and, it, and he leads us in the Canadian anthem which is great however as the match starts snotty young kids are handing out NWO flyers in the crowd which needs to be stopped mm. it needs to be stopped and there's only one man fit for the job and that's Larry that's Big Lala 
<laughs> Big, Big Lala is not going to take La this for La very long. Is medium-sized Poe not available? <laughs> no, see, it's not Lala La in that sense. It's it's L-A-R hyphen L-A-R. L-A-R. But people get it confused yeah. all the time. And they keep trying to rub his belly and watch tapes on it. <laughs> it well, I don't know there. if you should be rubbing my belly. <laughs> You know what the Hebrews said? Shut up, Larry. Let me rub your belly. <laughs> Nunu, get out here. And then out comes Nunu. Well, Napoleon once said, shut up, Larry. Toby Tuster. <laughs> oh, good. I was worried that we had a wrestler on the roster that didn't have a wank joke to be denoted for them. I was worried that we'd have 20 minutes on this podcast without anyone having a wank. I just tried to insinuate that they had to shove the VHSs up his arse. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I assumed you were getting smutty. <laughs> I assumed you were getting smutty and talking about wank. No, you were shoving <laughs> videos up his arse. Well, they're going to go in somewhere. They're going to watch it on his belly. <laughs> belly button's far too small and nowhere near as stretchy. Oh, it's, it's got to be the arse. Sorry, sorry, Larry. It's got to be the arse. Well, they tried the mouth, but it wouldn't even go sideways. <laughs> Thought he was one of those fancy, like, top-loaded models. <laughs> like, a, like a Nez. Why do I press? I could blow into it first. Um, anyway, Jacques, Jacques hit sags with the Canadian flag to give them an advantage. Yes. Because the nasties aren't having such terroristic behavior. (laughs) How dare you sing the Canadian anthem in French? (laughs) America America is rubbish. Uh, Larry gets an NWO flyer. You can read what it says. It says, you haven't seen bad, but but it's coming. Glacier. (laughs) Glacier's the guy. Glacier's in the NWO. They're going to debut him in black and white. The match carries on regardless. Larry Zabisco at one point describes the nasty boys as, quote, not a banquet on the eyeballs. Not a banquet. These fucking ugly pieces of shit. The Canadians hit the double-team cannonball on Sags twice, but Nobbs stops the count. Ref tries to restore some order. He ends up missing Sags, cracking Ule with the French-Canadian flag, and Sags, as a result, gets the win moments later. The Nasty Boys eke it out against the, the amazing French-Canadians. Please. The Nasty Boys save America once again. Sorry. Is the, is the wording you were looking for. The Nasty Boys save America once again. Now, where's Larry? We want some tapes we want to watch. <laughs> Loop up, Larry! I want to watch Robocop! Wait for hour two! (laughs) Dear God, there's an hour two! (laughs) Is it long play? Uh, (laughs) Anyway, enough gags about shoving things up your ass because Mean Gene is here (laughs) to talk about her wanky (laughs) ass. So I mean, he's Gene, chatting with knobs and stags. Isn't he? Yeah, he brings up the attack on Harlem Heat last week. So they jumped Harlem Heat and sat. And then he asked them about like the NWO links as well, because they had the foresight as a tag team to stand there <clears throat> at the start of the NWO situation and be like, well, you know, Hogan's a good guy um, because they're nepotism hires. But <laughs> now they're having to really, 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 really uh, make it clear that they're not part of the NWO and they've got no interest in it. They're only interested in the tag titles and tag titles are in WCW. So they're only interested in WCW, which means they're interested in Harlem Heat. I think 
they've been perfectly clear from the beginning, and I'm and I'm not one for continuing I to pester them well. about it's, it. It's it's we know where our bread's buttered, pal. Yeah, we're gonna keep working wherever we need to work, and whatever Terry wants, Terry gets. Garden cut, dog walks, <laughs> whatever you fancy, mate. But they're not even saying that. They're just like, hey, look, put on just... this t-shirt. Absolutely, <laughs> we just do what we do, and I like that. Like, yeah, we're not we're not in the war. We can't be fucked with tag titles. But look, they are they're they're, they're, they're kind of like a wild man tag team, right? They're, they're brawlers, they're outsiders. They they beat they're they're outsiders. The, they march to the beat of their own drum, oh. uh, and so you know, eventually we're going to see them in black and white. But not yet. The time is not quite now. Back from the break, and we have a match immediately after the commercials between Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pitman. And Scott Flash Norton. Hold it's, versus hold. Yeah, it is described by Shivani as a hold versus hold match. <laughs> How? What is a hold versus hold match? Well, it's the same as a normal fucking match. Yeah, I thought it was like right. Okay, both of you got interlocking holds. Lock them in. Whoever wins, wins. None of that. Just a regular match. They've just decided to call it a hold versus there hold. There should match. just be a suplex only match where you can only suplex your opponent. No whips. No strikes. No. no you only allowed. You can't even run. You just got a suplex. Isn't that um, every Brock Lesnar match? Um, Bloodsport. Yeah, basically. Blood but they, sport, they should it? just be, but no, like no nothing. Just one move. Just it's suplex. all both people are allowed. Just suplex. You could only suplex. Yeah, suplex to the outside. You're probably gonna win, right? <laughs> suplex like off the top rope. You're probably gonna win. But suplex just normally. I mean, it's the early nineties, so you'll probably be all right. But you're not gonna win. No, not with a, not with a regular suplex. Nah, suplex. How it? long would it take for the crowd to stop cheering? That's what I'm I was talking about Lesnar because Suplex City is a thing, but when he hits like 250 in a 10-minute match, that'd be impressive. But 250 in an hour-long match, I think it'd still be impressive, but a slog. With other people People would well. stop cheering. I think they get bored. I think yeah. you run the risk of getting your crowd quite worn out by suplexes. What we'd do is on that night, we'd institute that rule where we take your phone off you and put it in a bag. <laughs> Uh, in the lobby and you're not allowed to, unless something really serious is happening you're not allowed to get it out but you're not allowed to have a phone in the auditorium so you just got to sit you just got to watch turn all the screens off just direct all the lights at the ring how long can we go for before the crowd gets annoyed we just want to make your life as miserable as possible I'm just into new strange avenues of wrestling you know no I think you're into making people suffer for art <laughs> Oh, you think it's boring? We'll take away all distractions. Now yeah. you have to deal with it. The doors are locked. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, But if, my house is burning too down. Long. My house is burning down. And this is one of the most important things you'll ever witness with your own eyes. We a house a... is a house, man. It burns down. Everybody's does. <laughs> Jesus Christ. See? Come on. We have, we have a sniper trained on the roof. <laughs> if you turn to talk to somebody next to you. This is that guy's house, right? And the guy who somehow lives at the arena is like, yeah. And he's just setting fire to the building. <laughs> going, see, look, his house is burning down. He's got like a lighter and some deodorant. Uh, see, the thing is. Get back in your seat. I'd, I'd hear this. And I go, I just don't want to go. <laughs> no, we don't tell you till you're there. <laughs> okay. We're going to do it as a special throwback night where there's no phones allowed. Throwback. <laughs> No. And it's literally just throwing back. <laughs> just Germans all night. Days yeah. where if you didn't pay attention, we'd fucking burn your anybody, house down. Anybody <laughs> accidentally hits another move that isn't a suplex. And I mean like a basic strike, Ooh. anything. Can I guess? Fired on the spot. Oh, say house burn. No. Fired on the spot with, with a 10-year non-compete. <laughs> I would argue. Taunt. It's not. <laughs> make no, too, too flashy an entrance. That. <laughs> no taunts. Get in there and suplex for me. I'd argue. World suplex wrestling. This ain't worth the hassle. 
again, nobody knows this until no. they're in the auditorium. So, you know, they, you, you've got a captive audience. Second, you lock Quite those doors. Quite literally a captive audience. Second, you get the NWO kids out to put the chains around the fire escapes, <laughs> right? Of course. And padlock it and then swallow the keys. Like in front, full frontal view of flat cameras. So it's like nobody's getting out of here. Right? I, love how I reckon I give it, I give it 20 minutes before it turns into a full blown riot. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I feel like you're the kind of person that played The Sims 1 and just took the stepladder away from the swimming pool. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I used to trap them in one-by-one one rooms as well. I loved it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. At Fall Brawl, Ice Train and Scott Norton are in a submission match. Yes. That'd be fun. Yeah, it Bat should be good because Ice Train comes out, obviously, and uh, he sort of gets gets involved later on in this. But it's sort of, yeah, it's, I'm kind of, I'm a bit miffed because I've really liked Ice Train Norton, uh, even though it is a bit crap, right? It's, it's just two big beefy power guys, like throwing mm. each other, striking each other. But I like that in wrestling. Yeah. I like, you know, the range of having flippy guys. I like the range of having, in WCW especially, like cruiserweights, your more technical uh, style wrestlers. You've got like kind of the, the world influence of Japanese and Mexican talents coming over. And then you just got meat slapping meat. Mm. And, and that's what it's all about for me, man. And there's a lot of meat being slapped here. Pitbull yeah. looks good early on, battering ram headbutts to Norton. Uh, but they fight outside the ring and Pittman gets bounced off the ring steps. Uh, we get Pittman back in the ring. He puts, he gets put in an armbar submission, but Teddy Long gets involved to stop Scott Norton getting the submission win. Teddy tries to distract Nick Patrick, but then enter Ice Train, looking very village people-y. Uh, he's wearing dungarees, but he's got the braces off and he's wearing them over his back. It looks like a denim Ghostbusters back. <laughs> Like he's about to kill some denim ghosts. Uh, Ice Train ends up throwing in the towel on behalf of Pittman while he's trapped in this submission hole. Because Teddy won't do it. No. Because Teddy's a monster. Oh, Pittman wants Teddy to... Teddy is a monster. He's a monster. Teddy's going to act despicably again tonight. So I don't know why he defended him. Well, because I think Pittman wanted to win on his own merit or lose on his own merit. Pittman's not won a match on his own merit in quite some time, Tom. He hasn't, to be fair. <laughs> God love him. The last person he beat was Cobra. Yeah. Um, Pittman and is... That, a... was, that was a toss-up, pretty much. <laughs> like, that was very much flipped. Top of the wank. Actually, go out there and, and just, just shoot. 
Just shoot, guys. Just whoever wins, wins. <laughs> Just go out there and fucking shoot. Uh, Pittman is pissed about having the towel thrown in on his behalf, which we knew he would be. Ice Train, meanwhile, is staring down Scott Norton. I'll see you at the pay-per-view on the weekend. And then Norton just quietly gets out the ring and makes a dignified exit. Dignified exit yeah. for Norton. We'll fight this out like man on the weekend. Uh, backstage we go. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Leg Luger, Mean Gene Oakland. The four gene men. Four gene men of the gene apocalypse. <laughs> Flair wants to know, where's Poochie? Luger rambles for quite a bit, but reassures everybody that he is in the building and it's all all right. Yes. The rest of the horsemen are livid because Sting isn't there. Lads, he's probably just gone to the shop. Have Lads. we considered... Like, but they're like, no, but we spoke to Rick Steiner and he said that Sting wasn't there for their mandated weekly number four. Like, we all had our four buddies. <laughs> Flair and Arnold holding hands like, yeah, like we were there this morning, you know, putting in a shift. <laughs> Taking out, take out the F. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, very upset with the fact that Sting is nowhere to be found. Arn Anderson then addresses Hulk Hogan saying they tried to blind, he tried to blind him with paint. He should have used battery acid. Oof. And he's, they're going to go to war and there's going to be death in the Is cave. that why Arn wears such big glasses? Because of, of the paint. Because then if somebody throws it in his face, it'll just go around the edges. Ah, yeah. clever girl. Uh, back from the break, everybody is holding up the NWO flyers in the crowd. Uh, did you also notice the, the airline pilots in the front row? Yeah, with a stronger mustache than Gene. That must have really stung Mr. Wankathon 1996. I got. They look quite sheepish. They look quite sheepish. Sheepish, like they they want to be captured on camera. I think they were having an affair. <laughs> okay. They just when they cut to them, they looked quite sheepish to be filmed. But yeah, oh god, were... no shit. We're sat on the front row of this <laughs> national event that's going out live. How could we end up on TV? I definitely picked seats on the side where the hard cam was. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they were still in uniform as well because they were just rushed from landing the plane outside. <laughs> um, Chavo. Turns out they're just the limo drivers. <laughs> they're NWO members. <laughs> that would explain a lot. Yeah. We'll get to it. A recap of DDP, Chavo Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero rivalry that's been bubbling away since August. Chavo is going to fight for his uncle's honor at full brawl against D D P. Um, nice little promo. I like that there's been a nice feud between those two. Yeah. Those three, rather. Yeah. Built nicely. It's been quite nice. Joe Gomez is in action now. He's taking on Juventud Guerrera. Mike Tanay is back because Mexican. Nick Patrick is refereeing because cheating. You'd have thought, right, even though like there's been no hard evidence per se, you'd think they'd take him off referee duties while they were investigating. <laughs> no, they'd done their investigation. Their investigation was concluded when Nick Patrick turned up and did a sweet fucking donut in his brand new Dodge Charger outside. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. And all the other referees are like they're, they're having to like live off a bag of potatoes <laughs> that they lug and they keep <laughs> under the ring. And there's there's Nick Patrick eating a full Wendy's meal and doing a donut. <laughs> and management looked at that and went, Yeah, that's fine. Perfectly reasonable. <laughs> uh, Ubi looks great in this match. Lovely spinning springboard dropkick at one point. Yeah. Uh, Mike today on comms is talking about Conan because Conan has changed up his appearance, opting for a, quote, more Mexican gang style look. This will be the K-Dog that we know. This is the synonymous Conan look mm. that will remain for the rest of time. It's good. I did wonder when we would swap out from like weird alien wrestler 
Conan. Attire. We're getting to good Conan. We're getting mm. to not that there's bad Conan, but like we're getting to like at this stage, but like we're getting to really fucking prime Conan here. Lovely win for Hooventude with a hero con plancher, which Larry is baffled by because it's another language. Yeah, that isn't English or you American. mean they don't use the same words in Mexico that they use here? <laughs> hero con what? I Spain's learned five thousand miles that away, guys. <laughs> it's a twist into a splash. It looks really nice. Big win for Hoovy. They've got big plans for Hoovy. The Observer has talked about this a few times. They think Hooventude Guerrero is going to be one of these crossover stars that bring in more Mexican viewers for WCW. Very much like Rey Mysterio. Jr. You've not talked about Joe Gomez once. Tell me something nice about Joe Gomez. I certainly will. He takes control and attempts a gorgeous top rope move, but Hoovy gets a Frankensteiner countered and lands a dropkick as Gomez comes off top. He has lovely hair. And he also has beautiful hair. Lovely hair. If anyone was going to play Edge, it should be Joe Gomez. Give him a ring. I've got his number. Fat lot of use you are. <laughs> It's the point of doing the park. You should be able to call these people up immediately. Got Buff Bagwell's number, if that's any good. <laughs> Let's crank call it. Just ring Buff Bagwell. Um, mean Gene backstage. Well, well, Mean Gene on the ramp is catching up with Patrick, Nick Patrick, uh, and to ask about the Steiner leg staying DQ controversy. Patrick defends his ruling, saying he got deliberately hit. He then says that Lex should actually be suspended for chasing him out of the arena. He blames the media and Mean Gene Oakland <laughs> for people giving him shit for being you, crap at his job. You can tell that I've not had a lot of sleep here because my notes here read verbatim. Patrick defends himself, calls Gene a dirty lying C-word who wanks too much and everyone talks about behind his back. But Gene just doubles down. He smells fish and it's Patrick's fishy, fishy fingers that have slathered the stench all over the WCW. Nick then tells Gene to fuck off and see him in court before again doing donuts in his sweet new Cadillac. <laughs> What a lad. <laughs> I, that's exactly I, what happens. Yeah, I need to start going to bed before 2 a.m. Never. I'm fucking Never go to bed before 2 a.m. Exhausted. Indeed. You know what? You're not a million miles off because Gene does tap him up about some of his sudden sweet new purchases. Nick then throws it back and says, oh, what about you and your new Mercedes? <laughs> what about you with your fishy fingers there, though, Nick? <laughs> fucking don't. <laughs> fucking Captain Birdseye over here. <laughs> Uh, why do your fingers smell of fish, Nick? Gene just grabs uh, his hand and goes, See? <laughs> fucking freak. Deliciously cod-flavoured. <laughs> so both Nick Patrick and Mean Gene Oakland, at best, are just very much throwing their money around like it's going out of fashion. At yeah. worst, they've both joined the NWO. But at least Gene, you know, the, the revenue stream's there. Gene's just making up lies and <laughs> selling them on the hotline. Mm. So, you know, Gene's, Gene's got a, like kind of a legit business going on on the side. He's just saying things like Sting has actually changed his hair color to bright orange. You heard it here first. Mm -hmm. And then he comes out and he's still blonde and people go, what? And it's like too late, got your $4. But, <laughs> but with Nick, it's a little bit more kind of hush hush. It's a very, yeah. It's one more when he's not doing donuts. <laughs> he's sweet ride. <laughs> Outside in the parking lot, no donuts, but it is fucking pissing it down tonight. Oh yeah, it's bad. Uh, and we see Hogan, Nash, the Giant, all flying cars in the car park with NWO. I thought they had young boys to do this. Why are they doing it? Because they just believe in the cause, Tom. Have you never <laughs> believed in a cause so strongly never. that you would go out and flyer for it? Never. <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> I'd, you'd never catch me doing that give sort out, of Give nonsense. out car stickers for a new radio station. 
It's basically that. You believe in that radio station, and that radio station is the good ship NWO. That's very true. I like. There was one. There's a, a famous time radio station I worked at. The the rival breakfast show. The presenter left. Mm. So we knew that we had like two weeks window where people would be looking for a new one. So yeah. we we struck up a deal with Krispy Kreme to drive uh, the Signal 107 truck around the broadcast area. I thought you were going to say through the side of a Krispy through, Kreme. Through, yeah. Into like, there's loads of people there, don't realize it's going to happen. <laughs> we, Listen to Signal Radio, you fucks. Free donuts for everybody. And then you just reverse out. You killed my dog. <laughs> Shut up. Your dog listened to fucking Radio 1. <laughs> Heels out of there. But we were we were going to, we were going to like hot spots for like traffic and handing them donuts yeah. with Signal 107 business nice. cards and getting them to switch over in the car. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Gorilla. That's great. That's good. Love and that then week. you just keep looking at the camera. You're filming it all on a grotty VHS tape that's been taped <laughs> yeah. over a hundred times. And you just keep looking at the camera going, uh, uh, you're <laughs> listening to Smooth? Get out of here. Fuck that. Get out of here. <laughs> and then you're just leaning yourself and just dialing. It's awkward. You've got to kind of keep just pressing the button to get to the right frequency. And then you get there and you're like, yeah. I did do that with someone's car once. And then, Not on that Occasion. While you're doing that and the camera's focused on that, your your stagehand is putting sunglasses on all of them, but you've only got however many pairs, so there's one person in the car doesn't have any. And you cut back, and now they're all of a sudden cooler because they're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and the, the 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 illusion is that they're cooler because they're listening to Signal. That's it. You were there with me in spirit. I, oh, did, I did. I did on one occasion. That's a genius marketing there, Tom. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It worked a treat. We got some listeners. Um, so they're in the car park. <laughs> Yeah. Flyering like an indie fed. Ted DiBiase, meanwhile, is talking to somebody in the limo. We can't yeah, quite see who, it, though. It isn't Giant, because Giant is out flyering. So mm. Hogan, Nash, Holt, they're all out flyering, with DiBiase stood with an umbrella talking to somebody through the open car door. It's somebody new. We'll who find is it? We'll find out in a minute. Rick Steiner is facing Lex Luger to prove that he could have him. In a one-on-one -on -one match next, Rick muscles down Luger very early on. Woof, woof, etc. He does. He just starts grinding on him like it's UFC. Old sex Luger. Lot of Matt wrestling with sex Luger yes. and Rick Stein sex. Uh, amateur skills of Rick being put to very good use here. The crowd are very quiet for this, though. They're not really ready for sort of the sign of Luger to become Angle Benoit in 01. Well, so far, a match hasn't gone beyond three minutes. Yes. And your hard-earned dollary dues have got you into this building, <laughs> where now they are taking your phones off you and locking the doors. <laughs> and if you stop paying attention... <laughs> Your house is being burnt to the there's, ground. There's, it starts with an electric shock in the chair, Tom. Come on, we're not animals. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hour two gets underway as Luger is firing up on Rick Steiner. The music was, starts, the fireworks start. It was like the fireworks were Luger's signal at the start, like a comeback. I think they just did that for him. Like yeah. Now, when the music starts, the fires go off, that's when you do your comeback spot. That's when you do your move. You can't forget right. that, can you, Lex? Um, and the commentary immediately changes to Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tanay. And they're asking, where's Sting? Lex he wasn't here for his number four. <laughs> like, yeah. Lex teases the rack onto Rick Steiner. Nick Patrick appears and motions for Luger to come to the back. Sorry, is it Teddy Long? that motions? Teddy Long, yeah. Teddy Long up. appears and motions for Lex Luger to come to the back. Well, Pittman's pissed off with me. Ice Train isn't coming back. Luger, come to the back really quickly. Something serious is happening. Mm. Luger follows him all the way to the back. Teddy just sits him down in the room. He's like, would you like to be my client? <laughs> I'd love to manage you, Lex. And he's got paperwork ready to go. So, 
Here's what happens next. We cut backstage. We cut to the car park. Ted is heard chatting. He can't see who he's talking to, but the, it certainly sounds like Sting. It's 100% Sting's voice, mm-hmm. and it definitely sounds like Sting is inside a car and not backstage at an arena cutting a promo. <laughs> um, Luger arrives and is asking Teddy, what are you doing? And Ted's like, no, then I'm not talking to anybody. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. The door opens to the limo, and who steps out of the limo? It's a gentleman with face paint. And Whose name? Sting's robes on. Is Sting. It's, it's Sting. Sting. It's Sting. Sting has betrayed the World Championship Wrestling and has now joined the World Championship Wrestling NWO. Sting attacks Luger. And the rest of the NWO started putting the boots in as well. My favorite part of this is it's still fucking hammering it down. <laughs> it's chucking it down Hello? with rain now. It's a wild Ben Potter appearing. Hi, Ben Potter. Hello. I'm so sorry. Please pretend I'm not here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who's there? No one. Oh, <laughs> what are the odds of that? No one. So, so Luger's there in full gear still. He's just ran outside in his underpants, knee pads, and boots. It's pissing down. He's soaked already. And then they throw him on the floor and start stomping on him. I love that. So I love it so much. But here's where it's funny. You can tell he would just be so annoyed about it. Living. Yeah. They put the boots to him and they leave him on the concrete in the rain. The NWO disappear and and they seem to get into the limo. Hogan, DiBiase and Ted hang around and give him a few boots for good measure. This segment just then lingers a little longer than needed. Luger then gets picked up by the limo driver and Luger throws the limo driver to the floor. Hogan legs it into the limo. Ted DiBiase runs off into the distance. The limos don't go anywhere. The limos don't drive off. They just shut the doors. So I think what was meant to happen was Lex Luger was supposed to chase after the limos as they drive off at speed, but neither of the limos fucking move. So Luger... Like, gets to the limo, sort of bangs on one of the doors, knowing that everyone's in there, and then just wanders off. Yeah, he has to pretend. It's like he's like a T-Rex and his his motion's based (laughs) entirely on vision or something. Like, they get in the car, and then he's sort of banging on it, and then literally just turns around like, what was I doing again? And just starts looking for them in the wider car park, even though they're all sat inside the fucking back limo. to go if we're quiet oh, no, he all, won't see it. they're all in the front limo because he goes to the back limo <laughs> and he opens the back limo and then he pulls out a prop that needs to be used later and he throws it outside <laughs> yeah that's it and then yeah so there's a prop that will <laughs> pop back up at the limos later on in the evening <laughs> Luger throws that out of the car and then it's never seen or mentioned until later on where it's mysteriously back in the limo but this is a delightfully WCWC they absolutely fucked this up royally yeah. uh, I presume there was meant to be a limo driver in the front one that drove off and the other would follow it. However, because there wasn't a limo driver in the first one or there was no unless signal. It was, unless it was a shoot driver and Lex just injured a human being. Because that guy took a hell of a throw. I never thought of that. He got thrown like across. So you know how around car parks you've got a little ra- raised mm. curbs and there's always like a little bit of a grassy bit at the end of each row. Uh, so he like launches him over onto the grassy bit, but the guy's feet catch the curb. So he hits the ground quite hard. He oh. goes like, whoop, 
because uh, his feet just get caught from underneath him. What if he legit injured the chauffeur, which might have been why the limos didn't move? Then uh, Eric's got to hope that the driver will accept a WCW t-shirt and some free tickets to Fall Brawl. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to end in court. Oh, man. Anyway, Bischoff tries to get word to the truck as to what is happening. It is wild, I tell you. I'll tell you what's happened. Sting has joined the new world order. New, and new, new world Eric order. is speechless. It's like he's going to cry, widow baby Eric. Uh, we then get JFK level analysis of what's transpired after this, like properly back into the left. Like, and then we go outside and then this happens. And then look, and they must have escaped. They must have escaped. We saw Ted DiBiase definitely got into the limo after everybody else did uh where are the rest of them where have they all gone where's hogan um the rest is out looking for dibiase rick steiner has a brolly which is adorable <laughs> yeah he does steiner just out there with a brolly goes trying to find oh, ted yeah. he's also in full gimmick just <laughs> walking around from here now sam alluded to this earlier on from here there's very much a tone change on commentary because sting is like wcw for life he's he the a, heart he's, he's the, the heart, heart and soul of that company motherfucker and as far as we can tell he's never turned his back on wcw until now 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 he's a traitor fire him eric send him a fedex but, send him a fedex right now eric you should do but sting has like the big their, their big guy their top guy is joined the, the rival the rival group so Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, and Mike today are pretty fucking devastated. But mainly Bischoff is just, it just sounds like he's going to crack. Give the man an Oscar. Mm, he was very, yeah. very good here. Uh, the Nitro continues in earnest. Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio are one-on-one -on -one here. I believe it's the first match they've had on mainstream American television ever. Uh, well, really quick, you missed another uh, NWO announcement. Where oh, it was, Christ, yeah. For fuck's sake, cunts, buy our T-shirt. Buy the shirt! We're being serious, it's for Flair's retirement again. It's the same advert as earlier, but yeah. we're just reminded to buy the NWO shirt. Buy it. Because it'll become the biggest T-shirt. Get your money ever. out and buy the T-shirt. <laughs> What's your problem? Or we'll burn your house What's down. your problem? <laughs> What's your malfunction, Your Honour? You should be ashamed of yourself, you lot. <laughs> Buy the shirt, man, you cheapos. Fuck you, cheapos. <laughs> Poros. Now, Kidman and Ray have not bought the T-shirts, but they are having their first mainstream American TV match right now. But Heenan, Bischoff, and Tanae are just too sad to call it with any passion. Sting has left WCW. Uh, it's a fun match. High-flying burst. Kidman gets a two-cut off a splash. Ray hits a spinning West Coast pop and gets the three. But they're all too sad to talk about. There's it. an awkward moment where it looks like Kidman's lower spine lands on the very edge of the stairs as well, which that didn't look like it tickled. Fucking painful. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, the... Uh, the announcers are just kind of like, but how can we go on if Sting's turned his back on the company? Oh my God, no. Mm -hmm. Not Stinger. Who's Rick going to do his number four with now? <laughs> Can't do it with Scott. That's weird. That's weird. Not happening. Rick does it with Scott sometimes. <laughs> Tag match up next. The Faces of Fear. Meng and the Barbarian versus the Public Enemy. This is your longest match of the night. And by George, does it feel like your longest match of the night? Every inch of it. Eric Bischoff apologizes for his lack of enthusiasm. He's just so sad. Sting's left. He's like forlorn over an X. That's how it feels. It really does feel like that. Bobby Heenan is baffled because he thought nothing could turn Sting's head. And he was wrong. They're all sad. Uh, Face of Fear and Public Enemy is a brawl from the off. We get a picture in picture to help us keep up. Uh, at one point, the leprechaun appears and commentary no are reason. so sad, they don't even acknowledge <laughs> it. 
just runs around the ring and fucks off. Yeah. He just as, turns up and as, leaves. As he runs around screaming, Bischoff's like, I just can't believe what Sting's done. But the thing is, at, at a base level, if Bischoff had just paid Sting more, he wouldn't have jumped. So lesson here for Tony Khan is just pay talents, everybody who's on your roster, like 25 million a year. Easy. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. 25 million. Everyone. And they're not going to go to the NWO. No, no. If I'm, no. If I'm getting 25 million a year, I'm staying exactly where I should. Unless they want to give me 25 million and one pence. Oh. At which point I'm jumping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wasting no time. <laughs> We go backstage to Mean Gene with the Horsemen. I tell you what, the Horsemen are fucking fuming. Mm. Arn is disappointed. Sting was the defying constant of WCW. Whether you liked him or whether you didn't, he was the defying constant. Lex Luger's with them. He doesn't have any answers. He's wet. He is soaking wet. It makes, it makes the War Games the biggest match of his career, and he's going to go and find Sting. He's smack his body. Smack his dirty body. Ric Flair sells us on War Games, saying that they will all pay the price when they shut the cage. Arn says it's going to be a fight to the death. Yours, not ours. But back Stop in the words. ring, it's still going on. The match is still happening, but it ends soon afterwards. The Barbarian... Fucking fair, fucks the barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Does a splash off the top rope. To the outside. To the outside, through a table, yeah. and misses. Uh, Rocker Rock manages to get out of the way to avoid it. Mang is left open for a moonsault from Rocker Rock <laughs> through the table to get the win. Mang bloody gets up as well moments later. And Nick Patrick, who has mm. said, I'm leading, the, 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 calling it down the middle, the law must abide, law must always win. He let all that happen. Yeah. Didn't challenge any of the table action, no, any of the cheating. He allowed it. Yeah. And the other thing here to note as well, I think it's during this one, uh, we have, I think it's Eric on commentary basically having to clarify that Meng works for WCW. Yeah, so they do. No, so what happens is during this, during this match, Bobby Heenan accidentally calls Meng Haku. Right. So, and they don't really address it, but later in the night, Bischoff goes, just want to clarify something from earlier because WWF are so fucking hot with lawsuits. Yeah. Jerry McDivitt has got a fucking bong on for a lawsuit at this point. So they thought we need to cover our backs for the end of the night. So well, I hope they sued them into the ground. I hope they sued <laughs> Bobby <laughs> was sent there by Vince to tank the company, just like all the other talent. Imagine Twitter during this time. That would have been the rhetoric, wouldn't it? Oh, oh my God, Bobby Heenan getting names wrong. How dare you? Heenan Defo works at WWF. That's why they mentioned Meng, fucking hell. <laughs> or Haku, rather. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Meng puts the claw on Rocco Rock to get the win. Nick Patrick just lets it all fucking go. The Dungeon of Doom hit the ring, as does Mean Gene. We've got For the Dungeon of Doom. The Dungeon of Doom. We get Bubba Rogers there. We've got Conan and his new look. We've got Kevin Sullivan looking homeless. We've got Max Voltage, who looks like a first draft of Brian Cage. <laughs> And we've got Hugh Morris, who's having a lovely laugh as well. Everybody wants to fight the NWO. Except, except for Bubba. Bubba, who <laughs> wants to fight Glacier. One of the best sound bites I've ever, ever, ever quickly saved uh, is just him standing there. And he, he goes off on Glacier a bit um, because Glacier debuted on Pro and everything. And it's he's been doing it for a few weeks now. He's been ragging on Glacier. Uh, but he's just, he just finishes what he says with, come and get a little bit of this karate, man. <laughs> And he, like, poses, and it's fucking best. <laughs> so there's, there's Glacier's first proper feud, Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah, and now Conan's inexplicably also part of the group. Yeah, Conan just sort of joined. I don't remember us having a conversation about him joining. I would assume it happened on Saturday night. Nobody's, everybody's focused on NWO. Nobody wants to talk about how the Dungeon of Doom's rapidly expanded. 
and getting a bit more normal. Yeah. They used to be like full of monsters and now they're and like... And they lived in like a nether realm and now Kevin Sullivan dresses like he visits a library once a week. And it's like, come on, man. Like... <laughs> he looks like he lives in a tent. <laughs> God love him. Uh, yeah, and, and Max Voltage is in the group for a bit. Why Just not? standing out, yeah. Looking like a muscle head. Uh, following announcement is paid for by the New World Order. Uh, Hogan, Nash, Hall, DiBiossi, uh, grainy black and white showing off the WCW belt or the New World Order heavyweight title, as it's now called. They're all hyped up about how brilliant the fifth guy was, and there's going to be another member introduced at War Games. And they say that if they win the match at War Games, they want their own official segment on WCW television. They also tease wanting NWO tag team titles and a tournament? Well, they're going to want to steal all the belts, right? Yeah. yeah. The tournament bit, I was like, I, was like, oh, I, I, I just hear Nash go, tournament. Everybody loves a tournament, even Everyone back in the night. Tournaments. Everyone loves a tournament. Do you remember when we were so starved of tournaments for ages that we got one? And then we had like nine in quick succession. <laughs> it was like, fucking hell. Bored now, tournaments. <laughs> you want tournaments? We'll have all the tournaments forever. Hom, 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 hom. Uh, so, uh, nice NWO bit. Uh, you know, these bits are always very rambling. Yeah, they're still inside a cage, which is quite a nice touch. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. they are, because the War Games cage. They're, mm. they're behind a cage. I don't know whether... I, Ted obviously makes sense from a storyline perspective. He's bankrolled the whole thing. Just, I don't know whether it, it doesn't feel like it truly fits the outlaw aesthetic that he's always hanging around him. Yeah, but at the same time, you had DX with fucking Rick Rude dressed like a bank manager. Yeah, that's true. That looks shit as well. Yeah, I, I think it sort of works in the way that it's 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 like... Um, I'm trying to think of the word. He's like a crony, right? Like he's he's like one of Hogan's old pals, right? So I think it works in the way that they're linked, but in that way only, right? Yeah, I can I can forgive it. Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, Mike today recap Sting during joining the NWO on a rainy night in Georgia. Heenan says they're planning some bad things, and Eric Bischoff looks sad. <laughs> he is sad. <laughs> he just can't believe it. Can't believe it's not butter. The main event comes round and Sam Driver gets uh, gets very excited as fucking main event. John Tenter has arrived. There he goes. Fucking John Tenter. Tenter in the main event. Look at Charlie that lovely smile on John Tenter's face. Why is he still rocking the half hair? That is looking it. We've not seen Tenter in months. It feels. So he's had that deliberately he's redone. He's had that deliberately redone, or he's just been rocking that the entire time, and I really hope it isn't the latter. Uh, but come on. Mm-hmm. He's a man, not a shark. <laughs> men don't let their hair stay quartered. I don't know. I've seen some men in some parts of this, <laughs> some parts of this city. Um, he's kind of got the idea. Somewhere, somewhere the younger version of Skrillex is going, hmm, I could make that work. I can do this. <laughs> Um, this is sold on commentary as Randy Savage uh, getting tuned up for the giant at Fall Brawl. So Savage is fighting John Tenter, a big boy tonight, to get him ready for a big boy at Fall Brawl. And the big boy seems like he's not uh, being able to stretch his legs in a while because he gets straight on it. Straight fucking yeah. on it. Savage charges into the ring and, and, and Tenter just starts pulverizing him immediately. Savage makes the mistake of trying to slam Tenter. 
uh, and Tenta just just fucking body weights him down. Yeah. And then Tenta throws a drop kick. What a lad. Yeah. I feel like we pop every time Tenta does a drop kick. Every time Tenta does anything, I pop. Yeah, that's right. You certainly do. <laughs> Savage falls outside the ring and starts battering Tenta with the steel chair. And the Which ref the does referees just nothing. Goes, <laughs> just, they're so loose and fast with the rules. He follows up with a double axe handle. People and then, are going after Nick Patrick. He's just trying to enforce the rules. Yeah, poor bloody guy. Double axe handle from Savage to Tenter. Two elbow drops to Tenter. But before he can finish the match, here's Teddy Long, player, player, player. He comes out and says, Savage, you've got to come with us. The NWO are back. They never left. <laughs> They've been parked in exactly the same place. Literally the exact same place. So like... he runs out to go, is he a car that's been parked in the same place for an hour? It's just, it feels odd. Savage makes it just in time for one of the limos to finally take off. The second limo is still there, and it's the one that Lex Luger ruined earlier on because he opens the door and there is spray paint cans in there. Yes, which is the prop that he threw out. Yes, they, so they've rushed to put it back in in time for Savage to come out and take it out again. <laughs> All the WCW lads decide they're going to return the favor and spray paint the limo with WCW. But here's the thing. It's not waterproof paint, and it is fucking chucking it down in Georgia tonight. So we're just getting like light yellow smears yeah. on the limo as the paint washes the rest <laughs> Away. That is it. It's it's like just it, it's just sort of gently clinging. Because yeah. I don't think it's even going to be real spray paint, is it? It's going to be hairspray or something. Yeah, it's. It, I think it was proper spray. Hair, I think it was proper spray paint, but it just was very cheap spray paint because they weren't expecting it to chuck it down with rain. I just realised. I was just checking my notes there. It was Teddy Long comes out to get him at the end. It was Nick Patrick who came out earlier. Yes, I think yeah. we did correct ourselves. Maybe did, did we? Oh no, we didn't. Either way, mm. one doesn't, then the other doesn't. Back to Bischoff, back to today, back to Heenan to close the show. Heenan says that the NWO want us to be scared and feel sick. He says, let them have Sting. We've all got to get together. We've got to quit worrying about what they have and worry about what we have. Today says it's time for WCW to stop finger pointing and win the war. Bischoff starts to cut a very heartfelt promo. And Arn Anderson says, fuck that, mate. Now nah, I'm talking. Let the big boys talk. <laughs> Arn says, I think the world is in shock. The world is outraged. There is nobody hotter than the horseman. It started 10 years ago with Flair, Arn, Ole, and Tully. We paved the way, and we showed you how, Hogan. It just occurred to me, as that gravel was flinging out back, what you want to be when you grow up. You want to be a horseman, but you just don't know how. You go so you're going to surround yourself with every cutthroat and thug you can find. And now you even took Stinger away from WCW. The thing I thought would never happen. Flair even said the one constant in his life, whether you believe in Sting or not, the one thing you can count on is Sting. Well, you can count on this Sting. You can crawl in as the fourth man. We are going to take your head off. Fucking hell. My Arn, word to God on that one. Arn picks up a Glock and then just gently <laughs> cocks it before polishing it and just rubbing it around Eric's shoulders, <laughs> being like, this is who I'm protecting. This is who I'm protecting, Stingley. Stingley's his full name. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bischoff then goes, okay, I'm going to do my promo now. I may have made mistakes. WCW have made mistakes. 
Because we didn't count on Rick Flair. Flair goes, fuck, no, I'm talking now. <laughs> Flair interrupts and says, we need to be out here. Hogan, you, Hall, Nash, NWO, Sting, it makes no difference. We are going to War Games. War Games is eight guys in the cage willing to bleed, sweat, and play, pay the price. And Saturday night, Hollywood Hogan, you'll have a chance to walk the walk. You won't leave alive. Bischoff says that they haven't given the horsemen their due in WCW, but they will get their shot at war games. Fucking the right call. I don't want to hear Bischoff talking fucking like a fucking... Where's Sting done this to us? I don't want to fucking hear him talking. That was 90% of the evening. Yeah, I don't want to... Yeah, I want to hear the horsemen. And the horsemen all go, fuck it, we're having him. Yeah. Yeah! And I want Arn to come down Mm. to the match with guns sellotaped to his hands. (laughs) That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. I, it's, it's not a lot to ask for. Here's a thought, right? Spoiler. Yeah. It wasn't like the Sting thing certainly gets paid off in a certain way. Yeah. We know where this goes. Why didn't Sting call Lex at any point tonight and go, mate? <laughs> well, other way around. I mean, Sting, Sting's at home, right? Surely someone would have gone. Could be at a christening. It could be at a wedding. It could be out of country. It could be (laughs) unreachable. Uh, But Lex should have rang him and gone, "Hello, Mrs. Sting. Yes, is your husband home? Yes, he is. Your husband home? (laughs) Has he got Hulk Hogan with him there? No. (laughs) Right. Okay. Do you live in a limousine out the back of this arena? No. No, you don't. Okay. So that can't be Sting then in there with Hogan and the boys. (laughs) It's very easy. Just call him, Lex. Just a thought. We'll talk more about that when we get to Fall Brawl. Now, you mentioned at the start about the crowd surely would have been pissed off because they got hardly any matches. of a night. You heard every single time like they they get somebody into the ring ready to go. It's like, we'll be back after a quick ad break. And then you hear the... Like WCW music. Crowd would start booing. Uh, crowd are seeing two-minute matches, three-minute matches, and one ten-minute match. It's and the fucking two of the matches of the night end with somebody just running out and excusing the main star in each match. Like it's shit like this is going to come back around and bite you on the ass so hard. And Russo isn't even around yet. The Observer writes that the live fans were furious, mm-hmm. booing heavily after the show. Now, obviously annoyed with the there lack was no of dark match matches. afterwards as well. Nothing. Like, check cage match. It was just the matches you saw. But you know why they were annoyed more than anything? Because they didn't know all the stuff that was happening backstage. Yeah. There's no screens. So they just see wrestlers being ushered away and then silence. Yeah. So they're all pissed off. WCW do have a solution for this. They're planning to buy a video wall and they're going to bring it to Nitro starting in January. Right. Well, that makes sense. So we're getting Trons and, and the WCW, I think, will beat WWF to the, the Tron race. Good. Good trons. That will solve a lot. If if, if the direction that is will win the more war. backstage, it stuff. will win the war. <laughs> Quick, call it a turnatron before anyone else. But if that's you know, if they're going to be more backstage shenanigans, you need that. Yeah. So they're making the investment for the new year. So it's all in hand. So this is okay. Spoilers. This is the birth of NWO Sting. Um, I believe at this point, played by Cobra. But he will go on to be... No, it's Cobra was Jeff Farmer, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff Farmer is NWO Sting. So there we go. So yeah, this is so Jeff Farmer. Jeff Farmer's career is a strange trajectory um, in that he becomes more known for being NWO Sting than any other gimmick. 
uh, and actually has a fairly successful run in Japan as NWO Sting. So successful was his run as NWO Sting that when WWE put out the DVD The Best of Sting, they included a picture of Jeff Farmer on the back, mistaking him <laughs> for actual Sting. Which, I mean, it's just perfect, right? It's so good. He's part of the Sting mythos. Yeah. Yeah. That's needed. it. It's like fake Taker and fake Kane, but not fake Diesel and fake Razor. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Fakes all around in the very legitimate sport of professional wrestling. That's 1996 for you. Next time we're together, we'll watch him fall for all war games. <laughs> On Larry's tummy. On Larry's <laughs> Right, Larry, bend over really wide. It's a long play. <laughs> What do you mean it's laser disc? Oh, no! Oh, my God! Uh, tickets for Impact to Wrestling Turning Point still available. ImpactWrestling.com. Get them purchased. Come see us on the UK Invasion Tour, you cowards. Uh, Sam, want to plug out? Uh, Twitch tonight, it's Thursday. No, I'm at Aid Edmondson tonight. So Are enjoy, you? Enjoy your Thursday. See Who's, you where, where's Aid? Uh, he's doing uh, the journal. I can't remember the name of it. The Journal Time Theatre, whatever it is now. Uh, he's doing like a spoken words kind Is of he? telling stories about his career, bottom, all of it. Wow. That's on Thursday. Yeah. Nice. It's tonight. But he told me not to tell you. Oh. Or, or, sorry. He told me to tell you that tickets were sold out. Oh, and hey. so that the, the, you, you just unfortunately wouldn't be able to get, get tickets for it. And then he ran out of the room I holding know. a picture of you going... <laughs> you can't get me. <laughs> well, enjoy your enjoyment. And yeah. uh, we'll have more wrestling news throughout the day at coldaholic.com. He's up with Sam Driver. I'm at Somebody ring Sting. Ring Sting. Something that Larry Zabisco suffers from after a laser disc. <laughs> Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.